0: Welcome to the ABC's To Live Your Dope Life. This is an opportunity to be a fly on the wall while I engage with some of the most fascinating, inspiring and brilliant people I know who have played a direct or indirect role in my own healing and continued growth process. The change process is not easy, comfortable or nearly as fast as so many of us wish it would be. And my hope with this podcast is to instill some playfulness simple tools to practice, and ultimately a place for you to recognize that you are not alone. A dope life is one that is aligned with who you truly desire to be and a congruency between what is deep beneath the surface and what shows above the surface. It's the real, the raw, the complexities of our light and our shadows. The only thing that is ever truly in your way is you. Join me on this journey as we continue to grow stronger together. It's time to live your dope life.
1: Hey everyone, Uh, welcome to this episode where I am in a beautiful conversation with one of my dearest friends, Alice Hong. Um, This was recorded early February, so
0: um, there's no mention of COVID-19 in this conversation, uh, which, you know, twofold, might be a nice break and reprieve from the constant bombardment of what's going on in the world right now.
1: There are really divine insights shared in this conversation that are still very much
0: relevant and valid to where we are at right now in the world. So just wanted to give you that little bit of premise before you dive into listening as again, this was recorded a
1: couple months ago. Enjoy, reach out if you have any questions, uh, and check the show
0: notes for more information on how you can find Alice Hong. All right, see ya.
1: All right, welcome Alice Hong.
2: Thank you.
1: I'm so excited to be sitting down across from you. Um, Our topic today is divine feminine, and we've already spent a little bit of time grounding in that, and I'm really excited to have this conversation
2: recorded to share it with whoever
1: would like to listen.
2: Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Marin. <gasps> I love sitting down with you. Likewise. Yeah. Uh, okay. So,
1: first question before we even get into you know your bio, who you are, is what is on or in your heart today?
2: Hmm. Ah, well, what's in my heart um, every day these last days is my grandmother. Um, My grandmother is uh, the embodiment of the divine feminine in so many ways for me, Mm -hmm. actually, now that I think about it when we talk about it. Um, She was my most beloved person in my life, the most exquisite love that I've ever experienced. And she passed almost four months ago, and so she's always right here in my heart Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anytime I check in. Yeah, so this feeling of um, deep gratitude for for this life and and this love and and this courageous, brave pioneer woman of that she was, and also feeling the deep loss and and sadness that's still there.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I have a hard time, be- not that I don't believe this, but that it was four months ago, that because I, I do remember following along as she was in the process of passing. And I, I can't believe that was four months ago. Wow, yeah. yeah. Have you been on just the wild roller coaster of every emotion in this last four months? Oh yeah, yeah.
2: every single one and to the, to the extreme ends of what I've ever experienced before. Mm. So um, yeah, after she passed, there was uh, about a month later I got to stay in a friend's cabin in the woods Mm -hmm. and I chose to stay there by myself for 11 days and to go deep dive into everything that was here. I've always wanted to write a book about her And I I can envision the screenplay for it as well. And I told her in her last days that this is what I wanted to do and how she felt about it. And she just beamed this big smile. It was so amazing. And so I said, I'm going to do it, Grandma. So I thought in those 11 days I would just, you know, deep dive and just write and write and feel and meditate and, you know, do all those things. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of those things. Um, And what I didn't expect to experience as deeply as I did was that, um, was the more darker shadows of my emotional body, that deep, um, yeah, this, 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 you know, like in my whole life, I've always had those questions, you know, who are, who am I? Why am I here? What is this life about? And those questions have been more from my mind that I've answered them and, and the longings of my soul, you know, to want to know that. That after the passing of my grandma, I really felt those questions, Mm. like on a body level, like what the fuck, like why am I here and why, yeah, what's the point of (laughs) of this, even with all the beauty, Mm -hmm. and so I'm still sitting in that Mm -hmm. a bit, Um, and it's been a deep excavation process of almost stripping away all the things that don't feel so important anymore and at the same time in the busiest time of my work schedule. So I, it's yeah. like, yeah, this really polar spectrum of, of feelings yeah. that are happening inside me.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I would love to hear more about who you are, what, what your journey has been to, to get to this point, if you want to start with where you are now or, or where you want to start your story. I'll, I'll kind of leave that up to you. Um, but I guess before you do, I guess I can preface that with, uh, how we met. So we've known each other for 10 years-ish? I'd say it's about 10, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So my first memory of you, although I can't pinpoint an actual, like, first clear memory, it's just our time together uh, at Lululemon. So when I had moved back to Calgary from Edmonton, uh, you were one of our yoga ambassadors for the Chinook Lululemon store. And, uh, yeah, there was always something about you right from the beginning. that I was just like, who is this woman? (laughs) Uh, Very drawn to the way that you taught and the way that you moved and the way that you showed up. Um, And a very clear memory I have is when I had decided I was going to leave Lululemon and you walked into the store. uh, It had to be in my last week of working there. And you mentioned yoga teacher training that you were running. And at that point i hadn't thought about teaching yoga i had gotten to the point where i loved yoga but i i remember adamantly saying to people i will never be a yoga teacher that's not for me i enjoy practicing it but i'm not i don't want to teach um and and i would gotten to the point where i recognize well if i'm going to leave this cushy job and start a business i need to have something else that will potentially bring some income in and and so with that in mind and just seeing and feeling the benefits of yoga and then loving your presence. Uh, that when you mentioned this yoga teacher training and, and encouraged me to check it out um, and knowing that your partner was Nora and I hadn't met her. So I, I shared the story with Nora when she was on the podcast of going and experiencing her class for the first time. And within the first couple of minutes, I was like, "Yep, this is my teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having the, the balance of, of you and Nora drastically different. Um, so much in common, of course, and the and the love, the partnership between you two and the way that you facilitate is is beautiful as well. Um, but it, it really was, like, I was in because of you, and then I met Nora, and then I was like, oh, yeah, now I'm definitely in. So so I've taken 500 hours with you and Nora, and yeah. I've experienced a few of your workshops and, and uh, offerings, and so I'm a, a big fan, um, a student of yours, and uh, so that's our story.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I would love to hear
0: your story.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for taking down that memory lane. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. so happy that our paths across, and so much richness in those 500 hours plus that we've had together. Right. Really grateful. And I learned a ton from you as well. So mm-hmm. thank you. Um, yeah, my path. Well, um, t- to where I am now, geez, there's so many pieces that weave in, aren't there? And so I'll try and keep it somewhat succinct. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I remember uh, being a kid like five years old standing in the bathroom. I remember perfectly, and just always knowing that I had this seeker heart in me, even if I didn't have the words to understand it then. And so maybe some of you who are listening have done this before too, where you sit like I sat or stood in front of the mirror, bathroom mirror, and then there's that um, like medicine cabinet mirror you know and when you pull it out then you get to see all that those infinite reflections of yourself yes yeah and I would just be like this five-year-old Alice standing there being like what You know, it never ends I never end look how many of me there are you know and being so mesmerized kind of tripping on that really as a Mm five-year-old and then um and then looking at my own self my own reflection and wondering like who is looking right now and is what I'm seeing real is this body that I'm in real, you know? And so from a very young age, I had that, that curiosity in me. And it just really um, is something that's always been a part of my path. And so that led me to being in my late teens, early twenties, studying yoga. Um, and just, it, it was so wonderful. I, I've i always loved being in my body. I was really athletic as a kid and, Then I found yoga, which was or yoga found me, as they say, Mm. which was amazing because it was a place where I could be in my body, but not be in competition with anybody else. Right. To be in my body and feel my breath and to be in flow instead of being in my mind, which I often was. And and so it was just such a gift, you know, to to feel life, breathe me as I am also moving and there's uh, a contribution to life from my will. So this beautiful dance and marriage of those two. And so then that led me to yoga teacher training in Thailand. Um, It led me to teaching uh, at the Omega Institute in New York for seven years, uh, which I loved big, big family in the East Coast for me, Um, which led me to a partner um, that I had journeyed with for seven years, who was a beautiful yogi, meditator, spiritual being. And grew a lot um, in that area and that quest of wanting to know the divine, you know, more than the poses, more than the breathing was what is breathing me. Mm -hmm. And so that yoga really quenched my thirst for a very long time. It's still the basis of a lot of what I do for practice. And then what started to evolve from that was uh, this real deep desire to know this human being that I inhabit. Mm -hmm. from a different lens. So here I was on the spiritual path, meditating, doing yoga, chanting, you know, all these things to elevate my consciousness to a higher, you know, quote, unquote, divine state. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm in this body, you know, that needs to drive that needs to go teach classes that needs to do the laundry that has fights with her partner that has, you know, a challenge relationship with this person and all of the this kind of bumping up, which I felt like I was like bumping up against life Mm -hmm. and ultimately bumping up against myself inside. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of that too was that uh, my partner and I at that time stopped having a sexually intimate relationship. And so I was really having this internal struggle around, okay, do I just take the path of the celibate yogi while I'm feeling all this juicy aliveness of my sexual energy when I was in my early 30s as well. And that was really challenging for me. So then, that took me on a you know yet another fork in the road, where the last years, four or five years in specific, um, I've really been exploring my human side, you know, and and what it means to really deeply feel my emotions, what it is to be in conscious relationships, um, what it means to use the, my life force energy, my feminine life force energy, which does express itself through sensuality and sexuality, amongst other things, mm-hmm. um, and to see that as a gift and not something to be gotten rid of. So now um, I feel like a lot of where I'm at personally, as well as what I'm offering out into the world, is this meeting point of the divine and the human mm. And sometimes I teach that through Tantra and Tantra is really about the meeting point of the divine and our human being in our heart and to feel and to receive and to perceive and to show up in life from that space to recognize that they're not different
3: yeah beautiful
2: mm. that you know as you're sharing it what comes up for me is that
1: the honor I had to to be in close contact with you when your relationship you spoke of was coming to an end. Uh, I was, I think it was the 300-hour training at that point with you. And I, I remember some days you would show up and, and you were just like suffering. It was really, really difficult for you, of course, to go through that that breakup. And yet you just showed up and you were in it. And it allowed the rest of us, who, of course, were going through things as well, to be more in touch with our own suffering and what we were struggling with. And for you to let that unravel in front of us. And this, you know, I remember even sitting down with you at a tea shop at one point.
2: I remember that. Yeah, and, and you
1: opening up about it and just the uncertainty and the, the discomfort of, I don't know what's right, and I'm just in this like limbo of what do I do? And to be able to witness that in you and, and to be able to reflect that into how I can relate to it was so powerful for me and for everyone else who got to be a part of it. Mm. So, you know, and then to be with you along that journey of, like, when you went off on that trip after and had that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, where nobody
2: recognized me when I came back. Yeah, here. you yeah. looked
1: different. You know, you had gone through some some purging in many ways. Every of, way. Every yeah. way. And you looked different when you came back and you spoke different and you felt different. Mm -hmm. So that's I just I'm so grateful that I got to be a part of that and that you were so open and willing to just be in it without retreating and and hiding it as if there was something to be ashamed of. It just it helped me open up more than, you know, Mm -hmm. it was really, really powerful for me to witness that.
2: Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Marin. I um you know, it if for better or worse or neither. It mm-hmm. just is. <laughs> you know, I I I've never been one that's been good to hide what's going on in my life. Yeah. I'm kind of like a, a pretty wide-open book. And I know that there's a lot of teachings around, you know, as a teacher you come in and you leave your own stuff at the door and you're just there in presence for in presence and service of your students and there's a lot of wisdom to that that I take and I I treasure that, and I honor that. Um, And, you know, and I use the word and a lot in my Mm -hmm. life because I feel like there is room for more. Yeah. And there's the part of us that's just so human, you know, and if those pieces don't have space to be felt, heard, seen, then we're all walking around half, like, half expressed. You know, and it actually creates, I think, more pain, more suffering when we feel like, oh, I can't possibly let anybody know that I'm going through that in my life. Right. I mean, that's how shame is created. One yes. of my dear friends, um, Joni Taverner, my best friend, my mentor, my you know beloved sister, always says, shame needs silence to exist.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, you know, so in that
2: silence, we feel alone, we feel ashamed, we feel embarrassed, and then that just makes everything worse. Totally.
1: Yeah. Just get stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually at a, an eating disorder awareness event that I co-hosted on Sunday and a beautiful young girl, Sydney, who's um, recently out of the grips of a pretty okay. severe eating disorder. And she got to share some of her story before I led this group through some yoga in the middle of the mall. And, and that's what stood out to me as she said something along the lines of an eating disorder thrives in darkness and in the silence. And and I could relate so much to that as well through my own healing journey. What really started to be the catalyst for me to open up was when I just started sharing the stuff that I thought I needed to keep to myself. Like this will make people uncomfortable. I don't, you know, I don't want to be a, a burden on you. So I'm just gonna show you what's good instead of like what's shitty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't until I started opening up about those things that I recognized, okay, I'm not the only one who's going through this. And man, does this feel good. To voice it and not feel like I'm alone in it, and it's something that I need to keep to myself. Yeah. You know, and There's a, a book that I'm reading right now called The Presence Process by Michael Brown. Are you familiar?
2: Yeah, I read that a long time ago. Yeah? It's been a while.
1: Yeah, it's part of, uh, it's one of the um, required readings for Trevor Yellick's um, Numa Breathwork training that I'm in, and one of the things that stands out in the book is he says this, this process, this work, whether it's, you know, just personal development in general, It's not about feeling better it's about getting better at feeling Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and you know to even take this as a caveat into the divine feminine and and why i thought of you when i was going through the alphabet and landing on the concepts that i wanted to to speak to and the people that i wanted to share these conversations with so to me Divine Feminine has been something that um, I'm really, really in the practice of of tuning into because I've been a very, um, well, I've been operating from a wounded masculine and wounded feminine for most of my life, Um, but the masculine in me is strong. (laughs) And and to open back up to the feminine and to the softness and to the expansiveness and the uncertainty and, and even just to sensuality and to the fact that I'm in a woman's body i identify as a woman and that's not something that i'd really taken much time to honor and through watching you witnessing you in in letting go of that relationship releasing the tethers watching the physical transformation within you and then watching you step into tantra yoga and and start moving differently and and holding space for other women these women circles these gatherings and and i haven't been to some, like, the ones that I've, I've heard are, like, <laughs> You know, I've, I've read books, like, you know, um, pleasure activism, and pussy, and, you know, and so I'm, I'm aware of what's going on in these women's circles, and I'm so intrigued, and there's a part of me that's, like, I'm not ready. <laughs> I get, there, there is, like, I don't know if I'm ready to do this in a group, and ready is not even, it's, I know there's, there's resistance to it, and it, but I'm fascinated with it and I love that you're doing this. And so when I think of divine feminine, I, I think of, of you stepping into this, this feminine power of embracing your body mm. and teaching, inspiring, and holding space for other women to look at themselves without judgment and to look at each other and recognize we're all different, we're all unique, and we are all beautiful. So that's why you're my divine feminine. Woman. Uh, <laughs> thank you,
2: Marin. Yeah. Well, first, before I, I respond to that, I just want to share um, you have a space in Circle whenever mm. you want to come. <laughs> I actually, honestly, honestly, and I'm truthfully saying this, like, I think of you every single time I launch Untamed. Every single time there's a wild woman gathering, I'm like, where's Maren? She, has she gotten the message? She? <laughs> oh, I've gotten it. I'm just like, no, not yet. <laughs> and that's totally fine, but I just want you to everything know. Everything I do, like... I'm like, oh, I'm all in. So that's part of it.
1: I'm like, I'm I'm so untamed and I'm wild. And I, so I, I'm there and I'm there in spirit every single time as well. Like I feel you. We're, we're entangled in many ways. <laughs> so I, yeah, I'm
2: there. Yeah. And
1: I will physically show up.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's always a space for you. Truly. You. I would love to share this with you. Um, but you know, Marin, that's a really common feeling that women have going into this work. And uh, I think, um, you know, I even have a video about it for the Untamed Sisters when they register, yeah. specifically addressing this feeling of excitement and fear you know, and as you know, um, they're the same chemical response in our body. How cool, you know, and then our mind gets to decide whether it's something that we're going to be afraid of or something we're going to be excited about and also not making that wrong. You know, it, it, you're fully, it's okay to be scared and be like, okay, or not ready or not. It's not even resonating for me. Like, you know, so that's fine. And, And I have no, um, yeah, nothing around that. But I think the power of this work that's happening with the women gathering. for me personally, in my life and in my personal circles, but also globally right now, there's just women who are looking for each other. It's so exciting. I just watched the first uh, one of that that Goop episode by Gwyneth Paltrow yes. on Female Pleasure. I didn't know I was a fan of Gwyneth until I watched that. So me now I'm too. like, holy shit. Yeah, Me too. So I was literally beaming from mm-hmm. ear to ear watching that whole episode, watching her, watching the women, because yeah. it, that was like... Um, That's, that's what I do. You know, that's like my workshops and to watch that on a screen that's in mainstream media. I know. I was so pumped. Yeah. Um, So, you know, the pieces of that for me are, yeah, there's so much shame that's been held in every human being and in women's bodies. We've been taught to not love our bodies, you know, patriarchy and commercialism and capitalism does not thrive on women owning our own pleasure and knowing our own self-worth. Yeah. At least not in the way that it is currently set up. you know mm-hmm. And so yeah, a woman who's empowered in her own sexuality, in her own pleasure body, in her own knowing of her own worth, it's a threatening thing for a big system. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the ability, uh, I mean, I've seen it in my own life so much, you know, the more that I prioritize my own self-love and my own self-care, the greater I thrive. And the greater the people thrive around me, mm-hmm. like nobody in the world benefits from me being stressed out.
3: Yeah, totally. <laughs> Or
2: you being stressed out. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, stress is it can be a normal thing, and that's okay too. But you know, how do we how do we deal with that?
1: All right. Too much of anything is no longer good, as I as I always say. Like you can die from chugging water. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So yeah, this rising of the feminine right now is, um, is so powerful. And the thing is that, at least in my life, and I think for most women's lives, we were never taught about our bodies. Like women's, um, like the, the men's um, sexual pleasure, um, the anatomy of all of that, was researched somewhere like in 1930s or 1940s. Mm-hmm. Women's pleasure wasn't mapped out until the 1990s, scientifically. Right. Mm -hmm. So really, we're quite new in this realm. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the tantricas have mapped this out for, you know, 1,500 years. Um, The Taoists have mapped it out for a long time. There's a lot of cultures that have, and so now we're leaning in, you know, on this wisdom Mm -hmm. that has actually been around for a long time. But more than the wisdom that we can gather from other places is the wisdom of our own bodies. And I feel like that's where our deepest knowledge, our deepest power lies, is that your body is your own sacred manual. Mm-hmm. It's your own sacred text. And it's only by going into your own DNA textbook that is the sacredness of your body temple will you find those gems.
1: Right. Yeah, It's beautiful. How, um, how do you describe tantra? I have, I'm familiar with it and I've listened to some other podcasts about it and um, yeah, I'm just, I'm curious because I I know for a lot of people, including myself, my first uh, introduction to Tantra was like Tantra sex. Like, these are the positions for Tantric sex. Mm -hmm. You know, and just seeing books about it and, you know, that was, so when I think Tantra, that's where my mind initially would go is oh, it's about sex. Mm -hmm. So of course, yes, that's potentially part of it, and it's so much more than that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Tantra for me was an interesting path because I was initiated into Tantra through white Tantric lineage of yoga, okay. of, of white yoga practice, where the yogis weren't, were celibate. Oh. Um, and so that was really interesting because I most people now enter it through the more sexual practices, and I entered it through it the other way. Yeah. So for me, and now I have a deep merging of the two. Yeah. So Tantra for me... Um, so first, t- um, tan- tantra is is defined as many ways. Um, a common way to explain tantra is that tantra means weaving or to loom, mm. to, like a loom of many threads. To integrate. To integrate, yeah. Mm. To say yes to life. Mm. To say yes to embodiment. To say yes to what is. To say yes to the mystery. You know, and then and also in that saying yes is also finding your no boundaries mm. as well, which we also haven't been taught so well. But ultimately as a as a philosophy, it's to say yes to life and all of life, our divine qualities and our very human qualities. Yeah, okay. And to allow them to merge. Mm. But another way of explaining tantra is if you look at the root words, it actually means expansion and technique. Mm. So they're techniques of Expansion. they are techniques of expanding consciousness, of mm-hmm. expanding awareness, of expanding love, of expanding life. And so, one of my favorite books is called *The Radiant Sutras* by Lorraine Rush. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my reference book for a philosophy course that I'm teaching about online tantra right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the book, and it's so beautiful. And every sutra, you know, is a technique to bring us into the fullness of presence. Mm-hmm. Um, which is love, yeah. and tantra. Yeah. Okay. So th- that's one way to share it. But why I think you know there's a kind of a new thread called neo tantra right now, which is more of the modern day tantra that we're seeing in terms of yeah how to how to create a juicier sex life or mm. how to uh, understand your own sexual body or around desires or yeses and nos and consent and all of this, and um, I feel like it's neo tantra is a response to what's been suppressed in our culture.
3: Mm.
2: So like yoga, like any living lineage, things, we are we are the ones who are living it. We are the ones who are pioneering the work. And most of uh, any spiritual path is is looking at the current state of where we are as human beings and responding to that. And so because sexuality has been so either suppressed in our culture or so on the opposite side, like so outwardly flashy that we right. see it all the time. We don't feel like we can get away from it and all of our self-worth is based on what we see in ads, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. It's so outwardly overt in that way. And yet there's no place where we're really really exploring these topics in a curious uh, and, and healthy way yeah. if I can use that word. Yeah. You know, we're not taught how to be in healthy relationships. We're not taught how to explore our own sexuality with sacredness Mm -hmm. and and curiosity and also joy and delight. Um, I mean, I, I think it's actually kind of crazy that in life we're allowed to watch things on the screen, like people killing each other and raping each other. And on the street, you can yell and throw your fists at each other, you know, but we can't make love in public like lovemaking is the most beautiful thing that two humans can do together. And yet we're not allowed to see it. Like Mm -hmm. it's baffled me. So, you know, I think Neo Tantra has been a great response to what's been missing and what we're really craving, which is deeper connection. Yeah. Yeah. Which is
1: such, you know, sticking with that word, it is really deep work. You know, this goes down into, our most basic programming, not only from the first few years of our life, but the lineage of our parents and what they have been experiencing. And I, you know, I, I feel compelled to even share a little bit of my, I know I've shared this with you before when we've, um, cause of course, one of the things I love about in our trainings is, you know, nothing is off off the table. It's just such real raw conversation about some really intimate things. And And one of the things that I, was really fascinated with in my own self was, while I was a sexual being, a lot of, a lot of the way that I engaged in sex growing up was uh, to avoid myself. And it was just, you know, get, get a quick fix <laughs> of something that feels good to avoid what's really going on within me. There was so much tension in my body that I, had, I didn't experience orgasm for the first five years of having sex. And when I finally did, it was painful. It was a moment of elation, of like, yay, I did it. And then immediately my body just, my whole body contracted. And it was, my body didn't feel safe. It just, it couldn't handle what just happened, that immense opening. It was just like, nope, close down. And I began to sweat and shake. And it was just the most intense pain that I can remember experiencing. Uh, and I remember going to the doctor about this several times of, like, what, there must be something wrong with me. And I remember my doctor even saying, like, this is super common. I see a lot of women who have this issue. And he says, take a Tylenol before you have sex. Wow. Yeah, that was it. It's like, that's all you got for me? That's it? Yeah. Like, he had no idea. He, he, he knew that this is a super common problem and that it can mean many different things. But he was also not didn't have anything for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Just you need to relax and pay attention to you know what else is going on in your life, and um, and so I what comes up for me now. The first thing I remember at that moment was I at that point I was having one Coca Cola a day, and so I thought, well, maybe I should stop having Coke. So so I cut that out, but it's still you know I've been with my partner for 13 years, and it's been. Two years since I actually stopped experiencing pain yeah that's how long it took me to actually get deep down into where this tension is coming from and to let go of this immense control I'm trying to protect myself by controlling everything and it created so much tension in my body and I but it's really the last two years, like, I just, I finally do feel much more open, and I can experience things without grasping or avoiding and just let it move. And it's it's made it so I can experience so much
2: more in life. Mm. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that, Maren. You know, it's through conversations like this that I feel women... Um, you know, as the two of us are now, as anybody that might be listening, as anybody who sits in a women's circle and has this space and opportunity to share what's really going on, yeah. you know, that yeah. we actually get to learn from each other, yeah. too. Yeah. And realize that, yeah, we're not alone. That's so common for many people. And for many women have never had an orgasm yeah. before. Yeah. Their whole life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and some women have it for the first time in their 60s or something, yeah. you know. So the, the stories are immense and vast. There is yeah. no one... This is the way it is.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: I know it's. I just yeah. I,
1: I'm going back now to the that Goop show. Everyone needs to watch
2: that. Mm-hmm.
1: Man, did you? So the episode. Did you watch all of them or just one?
2: I watched a few. I watched that one. I watched um, the one on plant medicine. Yeah, which okay. is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and one on energy, there was one man, he's a chiropractor. He's also really able to move energy, which is interesting. I'd love to learn more about that because Mm. a lot of the tantric techniques are also based around moving energy in the body. Yeah. And so I loved watching him in his work. Yeah. Yeah. Really brilliant work. I'm, I'm the
1: same. That's something that I, all the different trainings and facilitations I'm doing now is really going in that direction of understanding that a little bit more and how to, use our hands. You know, I, um, in my new, breathwork experience with Trevor, um, we had three really intense breathwork sessions over the course of a weekend. And in the first one, um, uh, my, it was basically like full body orgasm. Like it was just the most pleasurable experience ever. I could just feel my whole body. It all felt great. Um, I'll go into more detail when I have Trevor on the, on the podcast next week of, of what these three experiences were like for me. Cause it was all over. Um, but that first one, um, I, my hands just started first of all, they went into the claw <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And my, two years ago when I had my first breath work experience, um, I couldn't get past the claw. It was you know, I just the tension in my body was so real that I like this was it. this was as far as I could go. you know there were some other things that happened, but the claw thing was like really, really distracting for me. So in this, this time, the claw started, uh, but I've been in this practice of just, it's fine, you know, just let go, keep breathing, don't make it mean anything, don't stack on top of the experience, just let it be what it is. And within a couple minutes, my hands softened, and they just started dancing and moving. And I laid back with a smile on my face, and I was not, I was not moving my hands, but they were moving. And they were just exploring the space. And I, that feeling, my whole body vibrating, this immense energy in my hands. And then a whisper came in that said, these are healing hands. And I just got to lay there and and observe and feel my hands moving. And then I brought my hands down and I was touching different areas of my body and my fingers felt like tuning forks. Just, it was insane, the experience. and And so I'm... This is why, like after that too, I'm like I have to continue on in this training. This is just wild. What's what's going on? Um, But I, yeah, this this energy work is. It's it's hard to even articulate it for those who haven't experienced it. You know, it's you can't deny it once you've experienced it, but to try to explain it to people who haven't experienced it, have have you had people? Get really defensive or angry at you
2: when you bring stuff up
1: like this when they haven't experienced <laughs> it. Uh,
2: um, yeah, I yeah, gorgeous. Share uh, Trevor is a, a dear friend of mine. I, yeah. I love him and his work and everything that he's bringing up. So I'll be excited to listen to your podcast yeah. with him too. Um, yeah. Do I experience that? Yes and no. I think more so when maybe at a point in life a few years ago when I felt so much more attached to this work and feeling like everybody needs to know about it or something mm. and like self-identified with it mm-hmm. but now I I don't know if I sense that so much I, I just don't feel like I call in that resonance I feel like I'm kind of like weird enough that if like if uh, I don't know the, the people that I are around me yeah. um yeah, I don't sense as much resistance. But that okay. being said, w- somebody else asked actually asked me this question the other day. Like um, Tanis actually asked me, do I notice, do people come into my workshops with resistance? Mm. And yes, the answer is yes. You know, and usually the people who are coming in are aware enough that they notice their own resistance and are curious about their resistance.
1: Okay, Versus are, like prove to me that this is real, like I'm Correct. resistant. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so that's a wonderful place to explore because of course we all have resistances yeah. and they can be a great opportunity for us to get really curious about what that is. Yeah. And so I feel like more people respond to, uh, my workshops and stuff from that lens mm-hmm. of like, wow, you know, I'm really at my edge right now and what is happening mm-hmm. inside me and mm-hmm. And, um, often on the other side of that resistance is huge freedom. And that's the power of when we do it in a group is we're like, all right, you know, we're in this together. Mm -hmm. And wow, when I watch one person waken to their possibility and another woman waken to their possibility, then I also want to see where I can awaken to, you know, so it's this beautiful effect. Mm -hmm. But that being said, um, I think there's a beautiful place for resistance as well, and that we don't always need to push through that. Mm. Um, Because we can create this whole other story of our not enoughness when we're like, oh, I'm resistant and how come everybody else can do it and I can't. Like this
0: resistance shouldn't be here.
2: Right. And anytime we should on ourselves, right, we use the word should and how we should be showing up instead of what is, that creates another layer layer Mm -hmm. of uh, that prevents us from being actually really free and really in our own self-love. And so the resistance is also there as a teacher, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: you know, and sometimes we resist the things um, because at one point, our current operating system of protecting myself or not letting somebody in, maybe that actually really saved our life at one point in time. Mm -hmm. You know, like I work with many, many women who have been abused as young girls. And so at some point, you know, shutting off their body right. was exactly what needed to happen in that time so that their little body consciousness could survive that moment. Yeah. And what a gift actually yes. you know that you're that you created a level of dissociation or resistance so that you could move through that, so that your little soul could move through that. Yeah. And then when we're adults, you know, and, and the time is right and the things are aligned when we're like, hey, I actually am really curious about what is tucked away in that part of my womb or my yoni or my brass or whatever, mm. then then we can explore that with love. Right. With bravery yeah. and with love. Yes. So I really I it used to be somebody at one point who was like, I'm gonna tear down the resistor and the protector and like rip down all my walls and I'm gonna poke everybody until they they tear theirs down too and see how great it is, mm. you know? And I really dropped a lot of that when I learned to love my own protector inside. And then the practice of, you know, sometimes telling the one that is resistant, the one that is protecting, like, hey, you know, thank you for looking out for me. Thank you for loving me. Mm -hmm. And you've done such a great job for 30 years or whatever, 40, 50 years. And why don't you just take a little chai break right now? Yeah. You know, And we'll see what other explorations there can be.
1: Yeah, which is such a much more gentle way of approaching yourself. And, you know, and all the different healings and integrative practices that I've been through, it it always comes down to that, that the stuff that I, I hated about myself or that I didn't want or that I shamed or hid from. In every modality of work, it always comes back to acknowledge this side of you because it's trying to protect you, mm-hmm. and as soon as you do that, that opening happens, and then it can release eventually. Versus trying to force your way through or rip it down, that's it just makes that part stronger.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and, and one of the what comes up for me as well is this: um, our brain's ability to associate so quickly. Uh, it, it, this was highlighted in a, a podcast I was listening to with Matthew Walker, who's um, a sleep scientist who's going around the world just advocating for sleep, trying to help people understand how important it is that it's in so many different areas of life. It's just so, so important. And um, one of the things he says is that if you, you know, spend time in your bed, like working on your bed or laying down in bed before you're actually ready to go to sleep, so you're spending more time awake than asleep, then your brain is just going to associate your bed with wakefulness is the other reason why with yoga nidra practices, which is the yoga of sleep for your body to fall asleep and your thinking mind to fall asleep, if you consistently practice that in bed, it confuses your body because the practice is to stay awake, yet you're in bed, which is the place where you're meant to be sleeping. So this associative power to me is really, really beautiful when we think about these traumas we've had in our life, the little traumas, the big traumas, and how in those moments our body is doing its best to protect us. And because in that moment it protected us, that becomes the blueprint for everything in the future. Of in this moment when I'm touched in this way, I need to shut down because I'm not safe. Mm-hmm. So even as a 30-year-old woman or, or man who is in now a loving relationship, then they get touched in a way that takes them back to that moment in their childhood. It doesn't matter how much we can know about our safety in this moment. The body just takes over,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and, and so I, you know, for me, th- this process has been going down into okay. Well, where did my trauma come from? And something that I've been really, you know, I haven't shared this publicly yet, but it's I've shared it in intimate conversations, and I I feel so, so much more empowered around it. But I was so confused for a long time was that, um, like many people, I experienced sexual um, trauma as a young girl, but it was from another child. And so I didn't recognize it for so long. It wasn't an adult who took advantage of me. It was at a sleepover as a four-year-old with a girl that I didn't know. I don't even I don't remember who she is. I don't know why she was over at my house. I don't remember anything. But she wanted to play doctor, and I had no idea what was going on. And I I go back to that moment often now of like that poor little girl. Like she didn't know what was going on, and and she didn't you know and. And it just informed so much of the way that I thought about body and sex and connection from that.
2: Mm-hmm. And I can
1: see so many things in my young childhood of how I pushed people away or how, how I engaged or how I bullied. And, and it came from these moments of immense confusion and so much sensation and emotion, but not having the, the emotional capability at that age to actually process it. So it just got locked in this weird way in my body. And then again in university, in my wild days, um, sexual trauma again. In a, in a completely different environment, a different way, but still it took me back. When I look at that moment or reflect on that moment, it took me back to that moment of that four-year-old girl. And just I just remember the spinning out moment after that of um, so much confusion. And it just like blew up my world again and and to be able to, to step back into these moments and re-experience them and and recognize how complex it is and and how I do need to you know in a way relive it with the emotional capacity I have now to feel it instead of leaving it locked in my body. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's that's what healed me so that I can actually be be open and and get back in touch with my sensuality and my sexuality without the
2: the tension around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing how much our bodies um, care for us, really, you know, in the ways that it knows how. Um, That's what it sounds like with that experience. Yeah, yeah, your body just said, okay, I'm going to take this one. I'm going to take this one. I'm going to take this one for you until your other bodies, your heart body, your mind body can process it, understand it, and I just got this one for you, like your best friend. Thank you,
1: body. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you,
2: body. This body. Huge. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. And then now, it's like, hey, now knowing what we know and um, with the awareness that we have and all that, how can I now give back to my body?
3: Yeah.
2: You know, to say thank you, body, for carrying this for me. Yeah. And how can I like? How can we work together now to free you up, yeah, so that you can be that buzzing, full love consciousness that you are. Totally,
1: yeah, yeah. It's pretty powerful work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So good.
2: Well, I'm I'm curious to hear if there.
1: You know, why don't you plug yourself a little bit here of what, what you're up to, um, why or who might be interested in coming to some of these Untamed or, uh, you know, tell us a little bit more about what you're offering right now and,
2: and where people can find you if they're interested in exploring this work with you. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Marin. Um Right now, the project that's the most alive for me is Untamed Wild yeah. Feminine. Um, untamed is a, is a really a collection of some of the most potent and powerful practices that I've had the pleasure of experiencing in my life. Um, namely, the last five or six years around the world, and um, and so each session is is really potent. We just dive right into it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first and it's a process of reclamation. Yeah. So the first session is about reclaiming our body as our own, mm-hmm. to release any shame or guilt that we hold, to love this body temple, and and what it means to show up naked in our lives mm-hmm. on every level. Um, the second one is about pleasure. So knowing that pleasure is our own first and foremost, and then we can go out and share it with whomever, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's ours. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean to us? How do we define that? How do we want to explore it? Mm -hmm. Um, So that one's really juicy and Mm -hmm. playful and pleasurable. And then the third one is about reclaiming the wisdom of our emotions that behind every emotion is a gift Mm -hmm. is a part is, is a wisdom piece that wants to be shared and heard on a very personal level And also on a collective level. So there are stories of the feminine that have been suppressed for a very long time. And this one is really powerful. We actually call in some beautiful men in the community to be with us as well. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, women just doing women's work without the men, well, we can only also get so far. So I love having wonderful men around us as well. And then the fourth one is an integration of what's happened so far, but really starting to take self-responsibility for our own life Mm -hmm. to stop um, being a victim of our own life and powerfully stepping into choices and seeing how we are creating our own reality. Mm -hmm. And then the sixth session is about coming in full body aliveness and celebration and personal expression and being with the sisters, like celebrating this deep journey that we've been on. And then there's also a private coaching session where we get to hone in on what's happening for you mm-hmm. in the midst of a powerful group process.
3: Beautiful. Yeah,
2: so that's Untamed. And right now it's in Calgary. And we're launching in Zurich Great. in March. So yes. that's exciting to take it out to different cities. And we'll keep on expanding that Good. out. And so this is an, a live offering. You gather together. Yeah. Is it monthly? Yeah, we meet once a week. Oh, once a week. Over four months. Well, so, so the private session is included in there. You can do it any time that you feel ripe okay. and ready. Yeah. And then the integration, there's one week where there's two sessions.
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then in the meantime, you get daily journal prompts uh, on our private Facebook group. And okay. the Facebook group's actually quite active. Yeah. And we're all sharing every day. Well, you can be as part of it as you want and not as you want, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of deep sharing integration that's happening. Mm-hmm. So it's really a month long deep dive.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And you get
2: personal. I I record um, home practices for everybody to do that week. One of them's a self pleasure practice. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them is about showing up naked for yourself in your own life, and another one's about moving your emotions through your body powerfully. So yeah, it's a uh, it's and we have a lot of fun. Oh I bet. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's awesome. When <laughs> lot, so you fun. have another one? Uh,
1: is the one coming up? Yeah, anyway? the next
2: one coming up will be in May, okay. twenty twenty i'm um, starting the last week of may on thursdays and then the one after that will be fall in september okay. after i come home from burning man oh yeah
3: exciting. yeah okay
1: sweet
2: so that's coming up um wild women gatherings as well um we ran one in in september and it was ugh, this is the power of women coming together It was really like I put out a Facebook event and just thought, oh, maybe 40 women would like to come. And I really wanted to target it to the sisters that have never done this work before to just wrap them in our arms so that they can experience this magic of sisterhood. And then overnight, we had 100 tickets sold. It was a free event Mm -hmm. and 100 tickets sold. And then we were like, okay, well, I get. I guess we can't do this at my house, yeah. you know, <laughs> we need to find a new location, so then we did, and then there was another wave of, t- like, 100 tickets sold, and anyways, really powerful, so, um and it was a gorgeous event uh, of sisters coming together, yeah. and so there's going to be another one in just two weeks, it's okay. February 23rd Amazing. in Calgary, mm-hmm. and then March 1st in Zurich in mm-hmm. Switzerland. Um, and then we've got our we've been invited to a number of cities in Canada and in the States to offer this up as well. So okay. at some point the Wild Woman Gathering tour will Ugh. will kick off. Oh,
1: amazing. Wow. Yeah,
2: okay. Yeah. And then I'm doing, um, I love co-ed work as well. So there's an intro to Tantra that I teach. Um, anytime I'm in town, so a few times a year, which is a beautiful gathering for both the men and the women to come together. You can come as a single, you can come as a couple, you can come as friends, lovers, whatever. And we get to meet each other in the heart space Mm -hmm. and drop the masks, you know, and feel into what's really real, vulnerable, Mm -hmm. deep, rich heart connections. Mm. We're doing Valentine's Day event with Ailee Aurora playing live harp and Garrett coming to serve cacao. So that'll be great yeah so where, lots of where are stuff you hosting happening that, one? that one's at passage okay yeah studios on
1: friday the valentine's day on or the, weekend? the day
2: before on thursday okay yeah nice.
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah and then um i'm passionate about philosophy as well so tantra philosophy online course mm-hmm. is currently running um and that's we meet once a week on zoom yeah yeah so I'll, we'll
0: at some point again. we'll
2: do that again yeah, and my beloved and I would love to do more stuff for partners as well to support deeper intimacy and connection Mm. and yumminess and bring that spark either back or keep it alive in your relationships. And then yoga teacher training, of course. Yes. Right. Yeah. With Nora, you know, doing our 15th training or something together. I love her so much.
1: Yeah. You guys are great together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of amazing stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. yoni temple, of course, yoni temple is a yeah. really gorgeous evening for women um, to come together to cultivate, develop uh, a deep sacred reverence and relationship with your own yoni. Mm-hmm. Yoni is a Sanskrit word for sacred space, which is landmarked on our physical body as our vagina and our, vulva, and our vulva. Right. And that's just a um, a gorgeous evening mm-hmm. of deeply connecting to self, and also the possibility of connecting with another woman in that way as well, because, uh, in the space of love and curious exploration so that it, it's one thing to explore your own, but to be in the presence of another woman's sacred space like that is mm-hmm. like, is so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like it is beautiful. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That reminds me of the, the episode on goop. Yeah. Like that. Totally.
2: <laughs> yeah. And in oh, everything yeah. we do, you know, it's deep, it's, it's oh, yeah. a bit edgy, yeah. but it's so held in love and there's always tears there's always laughter yeah that's beautiful we learn a lot through that way too Mm -hmm. i think
1: yeah we'll definitely be uh showing up to some of this yeah
2: it's time Mm
1: -hmm. it's time yeah totally yeah Mm -hmm. i really appreciate everything that you do and who you are and i i love watching you evolve this is yeah it's been a
2: wild ride Thank you, Mary. Yeah. yeah, that's the gift of long-term friendships, huh? Yeah. We get to watch each other grow and then be like, What are you learning, Mary? Yeah. Tell me right? all yeah. About it. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we can integrate each other's knowledge and, you know, just grow a little bit more vast just by holding space for each other.
2: Yeah. And I really believe I said this to a girlfriend the other day too, who's just um Jodi who is such a proponent of self-love and self-care. And I spent um, some time at her home in Palm Springs this week, and I just learned so much from her just by watching her, mm-hmm. being in her presence of just beauty and grace and ease and trust. like it was medicine, you know, and and when she rises, I rise. and yeah. when you rise, I rise. like that's it's powerful the only way.
1: Yeah, there is something that's really interesting. you bring that up, the being around someone who just owns their energy and are taking care of themselves and their cup is full. Like good luck not getting brought up into their wave right it's It's quite powerful. I love being around people like that. That's why I very deliberately surround myself with people like that, like people like you that i I walk away always feeling more connected to myself, a little more open, more expansive. Mm-hmm. It just it makes everything just that much easier, totally and more pleasurable, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I only have one more question for you, um, but before we go into that, um, is there anything else coming up for you, anything left unsaid, anything that you feel compelled
0: to share?
3: Hmm...
2: What's moving through me right now is um, the reminder that we don't need to do this alone. There's uh, a great wisdom in in a path of aloneness, for sure, and, and times for that. Like when I went to the cabin by myself, that was very intentionally to be alone. And there's so many times when we we're just all out there thinking that we gotta do life on our own, and nobody else can know about this, or nobody understands, or I can't ask for help, or mm-hmm. I can't share my story, and and it's it's just not true from what I've seen and experienced. And to show up as fully as you are, that invites um, that invites support, that invites deeper friendships that invites greater intimacy. So all of these things that we that many people say that they want, oh, I want greater intimacy in my in my relationships. Oh, I want to live um you know with more ease and abundance. I want it, all these things. So yeah, um what am I trying to say here? It's like sometimes in order for us to really step into that, it does take that extra little effort to move the resistance. Mm. You know, what I'm thinking about right now is with my parents, actually, after the death of my grandmother, I realize like now is the time to tell them everything that I appreciate about them. Mm. Like not when they're dying. Like or on their deathbed, like now is the time or if I want to create a deeper, intimate relationship with my mother. Now is the time to and and i can't just be waiting back waiting for her to initiate it like i've got this toolbox of this is what i teach you yeah. know and so let me be the one who asks the vulnerable question let me be the one who shows up at the dinner table bawling my eyes out because i'm stressed overwhelmed and missing my grandmother yeah you know let me be the one to call her up and ask for help so that she also knows that she can call me and do the same mm. So, to I guess the the piece that's in me right now that wants expression is to, yeah, sometimes it, it takes bravery and courage to to uh, to act in a way that's different from our usual and our pattern. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just that little bit of like, what happens if I just take one more step towards
3: mm-hmm.
2: opens up a whole other door of possibility yeah
3: yeah Yeah. Uh, thank you
2: yeah thank you Mm -hmm. Mm.
1: well my final question for you is um i i'm curious to hear your uh your relationship your current relationship um or even past relationship with cannabis how does it play a part in your life has it played a part what uh what comes to mind for you
2: in the realm of cannabis mm. uh, for me uh, anything that supports the expansion of my consciousness I'm totally for mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 be that through you know yoga and meditation to um, you know things that we might be ingesting to to support that mm-hmm. I'm all for it I'm like why not yeah you know, like please help me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take whatever help I can get. So that's kind of my overall general view on it. Yep. Um, cannabis for me hasn't been a huge part of my life, and i I don't know why it is or isn't. I don't have um a personal like attraction or not to mm-hmm. it. Um but I work more with some other uh, medicines from the natural world mm-hmm. that support me in that
3: okay. Mm-hmm.
2: So psilocybin, for example, has been. Um, of late one that's been very powerful for me Mm -hmm. um, that has supported me to really go into my heart the deep loss and grieving has been supported through that Mm -hmm. and then also yeah the the awakening of my childlike curiosity um, and also sometimes allowing the mind to to be put at rest so that other faculties of awareness consciousness observation feeling yeah can have a place to be expressed Mm -hmm. um and then also some other ones like 5meo dmt has been a huge one for me Mm. in tapping into consciousness in the most like clear direct way i've ever experienced Mm. like sometimes maybe I can get there through many, many years of meditation, Yeah, you know, but that's just like, boom, there you go. (laughs) This is who you are. This is where you came from. Thank you very much. 40 minutes later, in my car driving. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. efficient. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not like ayahuasca needing to, you know, purge all night. And, and, I mean, ayahuasca is also a very beautiful medicine. They all are. Have you experienced
1: ayahuasca? I have. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've I've sat uh, probably a dozen times. Right.
1: Okay. We have had this conversation actually. I remember because you um had brought um medicine workers or you've worked with them before in several ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. 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 I have. Um. Yeah. Beautiful shamans and teachers of yeah. this natural world who are uh, bringing what's unconscious to consciousness. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the reason why I love to bring this
1: up as the last question is um, in the the theme of gentleness that I'm really, really embracing, <laughs> even the way oh, I'm embracing it with so much tension, just be gentle, okay, gentleness, um, one of the reasons that, I, or one of the ideas I had in starting this podcast is to also have this other side of the podcast, and I've been, you know, right now it's kind of like a, this joke side of Calling, well, this is the ABCs to live your dope life. This other one would be the ZYX to live your dope life. And the concept of it is to sit down with the people that I've worked through the ABCs with, ingest some cannabis, maybe with us, it would be psilocybin, um, and have another conversation recorded.
2: Oh, I love that idea. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, so... Would, I, I've never had, um, so I'm, I'm just, I'm very new to psilocybin at this point. I've, I've, dabbled in some other things, um, in the therapeutic healing realm versus the party realm, which I've experienced very different, uh, with conversation, how would that be with, with ingesting psilocybin?
2: Yeah. Um, well, every time I've gone on a journey, it's so different mm-hmm. and so and depending on the dosage as right. well, I yes. think that would make a difference.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, you know, what they call a hero's dose or a five-gram journey, that would probably not be a conversational <laughs> mm-hmm. one because mm-hmm. um, that's really like a personal journey right. inwards. Yeah. Um, But like a smaller dose, you know, sometimes yeah. this opens up the faculties of creativity and awareness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's totally possible. Yeah. And then where you are in the journey and who you are that day and yeah. what came before, like it all plays a part, it's a living, it's a living being, you know, it's got a living consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, any of these plant medicines, including cannabis, I yeah. believe, you know, it's, it's got, it's an alive consciousness mm-hmm. that came from nature. And so how that interacts with our own body yeah. is going Current to stage. be different.
1: Yeah. 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 So that was the other concept with this is that um, part of it is an educational piece of, again, anything you overdo or underdo is going to have an effect, right? And and so this is not about let's get blasted and then embarrass ourselves and have a ridiculous conversation. Where you know there's a time and a place for that, but it is about you know being mindful of you know what's our intention and and what dosage would support that, and then to be able to hold space and have conversation in that way. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, I don't have dates set. My mind is well, summer would be a great time to start moving in towards this and I know you're, you're traveling quite a bit so we'll plan ahead and, and set something up um but I yeah, I would be I would love to to be able to sit down and have that journey and that experience with you and, and then to see where our conversation goes
2: me too I would love that yeah. great idea
1: awesome all right well that's it um thank you thanks
2: for being here yeah thank you Marin, for having me always love our conversations
0: Thanks so much for listening. You can find me on social media at Dopamine, that's D-O-P-E-A-M-E, or on my website under that same title, Dopamine.com. Please subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed it, and do not hesitate to reach out if you have questions or comments. I would love to hear what you want to learn more about. So until next time, love big and play big. Peace.